0: Hey. Hey, how are you doing?
1: All good, you?
0: I'm very good. It's been it's been an interesting week, you know. I mean.
1: It has, it's been it's been a fascinating week, hasn't it? We've done, and let's face it, yesterday was International Podcast Day. Um, and really gave us an opportunity, didn't it, to sit and reflect not just on what we've done over the last few years, but more importantly, what's happened in the last year and some of the amazing people that we've had the privilege to be able to meet and interview and learn their stories. It really got us thinking about the importance, I guess, of storytelling and the importance of language, the words that we use and how just changing one word can have such a major impact on how that communication is received.
0: Yeah, it's It's really, really important. And sometimes, you know, we're all we're human. Right. And we need to understand that. and We need to be a bit kind to ourselves. But I think if we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, we're never going to kind of move beyond it. Right. And I think from from a few years ago, a, a bit of a diversion, but I read this book called The Celestine Prophecy. Right. And the most important piece of that book is for me is actually when they talk about how you have a conversation with someone, and the way that you speak to them, it basically gives you energy, right? So you're, if you talk down to people, and you make them feel bad, and this goes for communication verbally, and also in messaging, then you're making yourself feel better, right? And this is all wrong, because you don't need, to, you don't need to communicate in that way, right? But unfortunately. Sometimes, maybe we're tired, maybe our ego's out of control. Maybe we just don't know what we're doing. This just happens, right we We just do it, and we feel good, but then afterwards, perhaps there may be fallout from that. and you know, I think people need to understand that you know we're only human, but also the impact that we're having on others as well is, is important, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and I think sometimes it's not done intentionally, it's it's unintentional. We're we often, as we know, we've talked about this before, but yeah, you know, we don't always listen to understand, we listen to interject. And because we're busy working out how what we're gonna say next, we're not really listening to how the other person's feeling, what are they going through at the moment, and therefore we can inadvertently choose a word within our response that adds to their pain rather than actually helping them. Even though our desire, our purpose for having the conversation, for making the statement is to actually support them, it's to add value. And we see this all the time, don't we, where people are trying to be kind, they're coming from a good place, but because they're not thinking about how that person's feeling, they can inadvertently harm um the person or, or make the person continue to feel less worthy like they're possibly not in the right space you know we had an example we've had numerous examples of this just in the last couple of months haven't we where people can just in that slight change of a word you know i see people going "You yeah, a more important thing to think about or a more important question to ask might be well, that's inadvertently making the other person feel like they've asked a silly question, that what they've put isn't very helpful. And yet the reality is that's not the drive that came behind that. So potentially just rewording that slightly to say an alternative way of looking at that or an alternative question you could ask is, because what they were really trying to do was help the person to reframe their thinking. But by putting in that and more important, what you actually do is undermine the original person. And this was, they were already perhaps feeling a little bit less confident. So layering in something that's going to go at their confidence isn't going to help despite the fact that that was your purpose. And we can see how that happens all of the time. It's that, you know, if we think about problems, as an example, you go and look up um, the definition of problem. And it's something that is hard, it's, difficult, it's going to be uncomfortable we're not going to like it no one's going to have fun nobody goes yay problems um, even problem solvers we have to reframe that thinking so um instead of saying things are a problem or they're difficult if we look at them as being a challenge and we don't layer in either a positive or a negative piece we allow our subconscious brain to just be looking at ways to overcome the challenge That could be ways to achieve a positive challenge or ways to overcome a challenge that we don't really want to have to face. But subtly changing our language really changes our mindset, changes where we're focusing and how we feel. And to your point, everything we do is about that energy. If we're looking at something and we've labeled it as a negative, we start feeling the negative energy about it, we start feeling uncomfortable or insecure or unhappy or uncertain, whatever our negative emotion is. But that's where we're focusing our attention. And wherever we focus is where we go. It's like, you know, we're we're telling our subconscious brain that what we're focusing on is important to us. And as we've discussed before, the subconscious brain doesn't understand the difference between helping and harming, doesn't know if what we're asking it is for our good or not for our good. It just knows it's important to us and it goes and finds ways of getting us more of it. So if we're focusing on those negative energy emotions, we will be given plenty of opportunities to experience more of them. So learning instead to reframe. So instead of thinking this, think that. So what I now try and do, and I do this with my clients, is Don't think this, think that. Swap those words out in your brain. Start to think about them. When you recognize them, go, no, I don't want to think that. I'm going to think this instead. What's the opposite side of that equation that could allow me to see the silver lining and hopefully be able to achieve that? Because I'm now focused in that positive energy. I'm focused in what can be done, not what can't be done. And that can really change not only your outlook but also your experience for
0: the day yeah absolutely and using that word problem instead of challenge is a big thing I've struggled with since I've been working with you the last year every so often you pull me up when I say the word problem right and 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 after a little while once once I got used to you pulling me up on that I started to pull myself up on that right and and now I frame a challenge as growth. Like anything that challenges me, it's like going to the gym, right? Or lifting a kettlebell or doing some push-ups, going for a walk. If if you challenge yourself, you're gonna grow, right? And growth is healthy, yeah. Without growth, like we're in essence, we're dying, right? Like and, and and then our ego can kind of take control and think that we know it all. And this I see with masses of coaches, right? Coaches think that they know everything and they're not willing to learn, right? A lot of them. And this this is like rife in life, yeah? And, you know, challenges are just where it's at, right? It's so exciting. Like, there's so many levels to growth too, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, and I, I am the coach and hopefully I do, try and grow. And I know loads of coaches who, who also, you know, they see the importance of that ongoing personal and professional development. The only way I can help my clients grow is if I continue to grow, because if not, if I'm not continuing to learn and develop and, and learn better techniques to be able to help them better questions, better um, information to be able to support them, then I'm going to risk irrelevance very quickly. Because the world's evolving, the world is changing. So unless I evolve with it, then I'm not going to be relevant. And that's true of all of us. It's that piece around saying, you know, what else can I learn? And as you know, my nan um, used to say, every day is a school day. And I genuinely believe that to be true. You can learn something every single day. You can learn something from every person you meet. If you actually open your mind and go, actually, I already know my story. I want to know your story. I want to know what's happening to you so that actually I can learn something because we grow through our experiences. We grow through the things that test us um, and we learn that we are significantly more resilient than maybe we thought before we went through some of those. So I think it is, it's about looking at those parts and saying, actually, what can I learn from this conversation and how can I add value? How can I give something back? And I've had some amazing conversations this week, which has been great with people that, you know, we've connected and they're like-minded, which has been a piece of saying, I'm not just going to connect by accepting. I'm going to connect and really get to know you. I'm going to give you a few minutes of my time or 20 minutes of my time or half an hour um, and just learn about you. And likewise, allow you to learn about me. And we've had some amazing um, conversations, real connections, and from those, gone on and met more people. So one of the things that I would really encourage people to do is think about when we say we're connecting or we've got a network or we've got these connections, how connected are you really? When did you last speak to them? Have you ever spoken to them? Whether that's by message or whether that's by conversation having a chat, going for a coffee or doing something like this, doing a Zoom, but really have a conversation and not about what can I get from them, not about what is in it for me, but about what can I give? What am I going to learn? What am I that's going to be able to help me to grow and just listen to each other's stories? Because the one thing that I've learned over the years is we, we have this desire, don't we, to create a society that, embraces diversity and inclusion and we've tried for years and yet we've got millennia of conflict millennia of times where things haven't gone right and most conflict comes down to either misunderstanding misinformation or miscommunication so if we could just address that imagine where we'd be and when I was looking at it it's like what is the one thing that connects us all irrelevant of our age our race our gender our culture The thing that connects us all is stories. We have always learnt and we've always taught our children through stories. We've been doing it since the caveman drawings or the hieroglyphics. It has been part of our culture globally since the beginning of time. So if you think everybody has a story, everybody has a story that they can share. So I go into every conversation now with a tell me a story. Because actually that's when I'm going to really learn about you that's when I'm going to really understand what's important to you why it's important to you and whether or not I can add value and you can add value even if it's just providing the space to listen to the story and listen to understand it and I think if we we do that we've been given the huge privilege of being able to do that so many people as part of the podcast journey that we've been on and it's amazing isn't it what you what you learn and what you can grow as a result of listening to other people's stories
0: it's just it's just incredible the people that we get to speak to every week like I mean this week this week has just sort of reached a turning point I think when it comes to the kind of people that we've we've been engaging with because we're really focusing on the financials of you know fundraising getting to grips with, you know, understanding what investors want. I know you've got like masses of experience in the, in the financial uh, world, right? So for me, I, I mean, I had some comments, you know, uh, private messages saying, well, you didn't really say anything. You just sat and listened. And it's just like, well, I don't believe in, in, in just talking for the sake of it. I'd rather sit there and listen to, you know, you and uh, whomever we're interviewing, right? If you know more about something than I do, right, I would rather sit there and be totally quiet and just smile and only ask a question when I see it will add value, right. Or put a comment in if it's got value. And that for me is, is so important. Like, and linking that to the kind of language and the way that I'm asking a question is is the way that we build relationships with people because people love talking about themselves, right. They, they, they absolutely love it. And if, if we can connect with people and ask them really sensible questions, listen to what they're saying so we actually understand what question is we're asking them instead of asking them some stupid question, right? We, we build such strong relationships. And then what's happened already, right? We've been introduced to two or three people who who are, you know, really, really interested in what we're doing and want to get involved. And this is, this is what it's all about. It's all about like these mass broadcast messages where you are communicating with you know millions of people not as far as we're concerned it's about those specific people that actually get what you're saying and want to work with you help you and then create something together I mean you said to me the other week you said uh, amateurs compete and professionals co-create right and and I've been thinking about that like probably a few months ago, you said that to me, but but I actually thought about it. And I was like, well, actually, if we go and do that, we can really create a market fit, right? For a product market fit. If we turn around and say, well, okay, we're going to talk to 500 businesses, yeah, that are in a similar place. And we're going to find out what they don't do. And then how we can partner with them and create a market fit for a product. It's like so exciting. But if we didn't get the language right, And we we didn't get our internal language right in the first place and said, oh, they're competition, right? We would never be able to create a market fit for a product that we that we're creating on the fly, right? As we go. Well,
1: and I I think some of that is, you know, when we're when we're in that space of feeling like everything's a competition, we're coming at it from a position of lag. And I see a lot of that in the in the kind of the coaching world. And yet you look at it and it's very difficult to work out how many coaches there are. There seems to be lots of them. But when you look at the research, um, it's difficult to tell. I mean, I think uh, ICF says there's 71,000. But if you look at taking the value of the coaching market and dividing it by how much the same ICF report says is um, the average amount earned by um, a coach, then actually the number is closer to 300,000. But think about that when we think about how many people are out there in the world that might want coaching. That means each coach would be having to coach 20,000 people. Well, that's impossible. They wouldn't be able to do that. So you kind of look at it and go, there is more demand than there is people. And that's true in pretty much most roles. At the minute, we're going through globally a real challenge of finding um, the, finding people to be able to fill the jobs so we're seeing like lots of um, organizations worrying about how they're going to attract and retain talent how are they going to be able to get the right people I took my little girl um, to a theme park at the weekend and they had signs of saying that the latest pandemic is that they can't get the staff so please bear with them because it's going to take them longer to um serve us. and obviously they've been dealing with a number of complaints. So It wasn't that they weren't trying, but they weren't able to. So I think for me, it's those parts that saying, actually, if we stop fighting each other and in, instead look at ways that we can complement each other, that we can add value. And for me, one of the things that's really important is that I add value, that I leave things better than I found them. And sometimes that can just be meeting somebody who wants a coach and going, I'm not the right one for you. It's not a good fit or actually... It's not my layer of expertise. I know where it is that I choose to operate, where I know I can add value. If you need somebody who's going to help you with this alternate thing, then I want to leave you with the right support. And that's why I've got a network and a community of coaches so that I can put people in touch with the right person. <laughs> it might not be me, but I know a man or I know a woman who can. And therefore they still go away with a solution. So I think it is, it's all about that, reframing our thinking and looking at what are the words and paying real attention to the words that we use not just externally to others but internally to ourselves because dependent on the words we use the label we create will depend on the energy we have and the passion that we've got to be able to solve it and how we feel and how we show
0: up. just grinning away because that was like where I was going to steer the conversation completely (laughs) and you did it like 30 seconds before I kind of got there it's really funny
1: (laughs) we clearly work together too often don't we
0: (laughs) I think it's brilliant it's brilliant you know and so it's been it's been really interesting I think we can you know we can talk about the language that we have and we and we and we um the words that we say to ourselves in in another another episode right because that is that I mean it's it's all related isn't it um you know this internal communication and this external but it's like I suppose if you don't get the internal communication of how you're talking to yourself and how you see the world then your external communication is a kind of not a problem, but that can be a challenge, right? And because you're not really seeing the world in, in the right way anyway. You've got a biased view, which may be kind of negative. It's kind of the word, I think, from, from what I'm well, thinking.
1: I think, I think sometimes, you, sometimes you can, but sometimes the words we use internally becomes the words we use externally. So if the words we're using internally are driving us to feel um, emotions that we don't want to have then we can inadvertently be sharing those emotions externally as well. And that's never our intention. I don't think we set out to hurt and upset each other. I know some people might do, but I choose to believe that we come at things in the main. We come at things from a position of positivity, from a position of trying to do the right thing and leave them better than we found them. And there will always be an exception to every rule. There'll always be somebody who doesn't set out to try and do the right thing and does want to cause harm, But again, I think that that's often a reflection of what's happened to them in their lives. My little girl, bless her, um, had somebody push her over the other day. And she was like, mummy, that wasn't very kind, was it? I was like, it wasn't very kind, my darling. But maybe they weren't feeling great. And she said, well, I don't know what you mean. And I said, well, they were probably angry. And that anger usually comes from a feeling of upset, of being out of control so they might not have been feeling very good themselves. And that doesn't make it right that they lashed out at you. But lashing out at them wouldn't help either. And she went, I didn't, mummy. I walked away. And I said, well, that's good. But you know, being kind when somebody's unkind to you is often the best thing that you can do because they're already feeling hurt. They're already upset and challenged. So layering in our own frustrations doesn't always help. But taking ourselves away from that emotion. And I was chatting to somebody about this this morning, which is it can be very difficult because our emotional brain, as we know, responds 24 times faster than our thinking brain. So at that moment that you feel the heat rising and you're like going, oh, my goodness, what's happening is your body is desperately trying to get your emotions acknowledged. But it isn't important, whether it's acknowledged by you or acknowledged by somebody else, it's important that it's acknowledged So one of the things that I've learned to do, and it's still a work in progress, is when I feel myself getting annoyed, I feel myself getting angry, is acknowledge for myself and go, okay, so you're annoyed. What are you annoyed about? What is it that's causing you to feel this frustrated? And in having that internal dialogue, I find myself calming down um, to enable me to then deal with what's actually happening, as opposed to what I've made it mean, which is to layer it into everything else that's ever gone wrong in the past um, and it's why now i i you know i've got um and i chat to my ex and he'll say i would much prefer arguing with you face to face if we not that we argue anymore fortunately we got on famously but when we did it was like i prefer doing it face to face because at least i can see the flash of anger in your eyes and know that i've hit some emotion <laughs> because if not you are too too grounded you, know, you pull yourself back and it's like that's because i'm learning to have that dialogue in my head because it allows me to then not have to go and apologize for having done something that I'm less proud of because yeah. I didn't control my emotions as best I could
0: it takes it takes a lot of experience to be able to flip that switch and and choosing the right words and the way that we frame things it just it such such great skills to learn because otherwise we just kind of we're just kind of being triggered, aren't we, by mm. by situations that occur right without having control. Yeah,
1: yeah, and as you know, having done leadership roles for twenty odd years, you know, one of the things in those is you're dealing with people clearly, but everybody is their own hot pot of emotions. You've no idea what's going on in their lives. Uh, not everything that's going on. So actually, you're dealing with this hotbed of emotions that are coming in, and then you're layering in whatever happens in the workplace. Plus, you've got your own potchpotch of emotions that are going on. And actually, being able to regain control to make sure that actually we don't get angry, we don't lash out, we don't um, get frustrated or leak our own emotions out to other people is a huge skill in leadership. But when you see the people that really lead effectively – They've learned to control their emotion. They've learned to internalize all of that and recognize that actually you get a lot further um, from being really clear with people, from having, you know, I think for me it comes down to the four C's of communicate, uh, four C's of leadership, which are you've got to have clarity, you've got to know exactly what it is you're trying to do, why it's important and when it needs to be done. You've got to have confidence. Either that you've got the right skills or that the team have got the right skills, and if not, to go and get the people in that have got that confidence. You then need to have um commitment. So you need to have committed to your end goal. You need to know where it is you're going and that you're going to get there. A little bit like little kid that's learning to walk. It doesn't matter how many times it falls down, it keeps going, it keeps trying. So it's saying like the destination's great. That doesn't mean to say learn if you're If the path that you're on isn't going to get you there, then adjust the path, but recognize where it is you're heading. And the final one is communication. It's making sure that you've created a really compelling story that that everybody understands, and they know the part that you're expecting them to play. And then step back and really listen. Listen to understand what it's like from their point of view, what it's like in their shoes, what ideas have they got, because that's going to be where you get those nuggets that allow you to achieve your goal. And when I go into organisations that aren't working, I usually find one or more of those four are the problem. They're the bits that are missing. So when I think about us and our organisation, we regularly come back to what are our four pillars and do we have them right? If something's not working, if something's out of kilter, it's usually because one of those four is not where it needs to be. And it allows us to then really focus in on what area is it we need to address. And then we regain our momentum, don't we?
0: Very much so. I, I learned something new every day, Kim. We're talking with you. And you and Nikki the other day shared so much value around finance. I'm like, my brain's just stretching at the moment, like going, whoa, <laughs> like it's just brilliant. Right. I know,
1: but likewise, I learn something every day from you too, because we do, if we're open to that learning, I mean, your knowledge about um, branding and the market and your ability to connect with people, I learn loads from that. And I think this is the thing, we've got to go into everything and say, actually, what can I learn? And then what can I give back um, as an exchange for that learning? Because I have learned so much and I want to not feel like I'm in deficit of constantly being on the um receiving end of learning and not giving anything back and i think that's one of the reasons why we started our business and, and our podcast isn't it is to actually how do we all help pay forward what we've been privileged to learn to enable other people to grow and to develop themselves and the life they want even if that's very different from ours because they're the parts aren't they it's like your goal is yours it's it only has to work if it works for you. It doesn't matter if it's not the same as anybody else's, or it doesn't you know it doesn't look like theirs did. It matters that it is yours, and that you're going to feel fulfilled and proud when you get there. And I think sometimes we we write our goals and we write our where we want to be by looking at everybody else's and not wanting to feel like we aren't as good. But there's only one of you, every one of us is as unique as our fingerprint and therefore it doesn't matter if we're different, we should embrace that, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. We really appreciate you guys. And yeah, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. We'll drop a link somewhere or other for that as well.
1: Thanks all. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please Don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.